Hey everyone, welcome. So before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to just check in with you about a few things that are coming up or happening and to also get some feedback on a couple of things. So I'll start off by letting you know that we're going to have a very special episode of Hormonally Speaking happening on March 10th. And during this episode, there will be a group of us hormone coaches that are here to answer your questions. So this is a great group of women uh, that live all around the world that I have been lucky enough to get to know in this work. And everybody has such an amazing ability to not only understand hormones, you know, from the client perspective, but all of them have been through their own hormonal journey and have really gotten into this work because of what they've been through. And so we have different expertise really showing up depending on which, uh, what each individual hormone coach has been through in her own life. And then of course they've all been trained in hormones too, um, and, and work with clients to see, you know, what's happening and we really see what's happening um, on on the um, front lines out there in terms of hormonal health and, and what's really up for women. So we decided to do this episode in order to answer your burning questions because there's always so many. And I know that so many women out there are really struggling with, you know, not getting help from their doctors, um, trying different things and, and them not working and not really understanding what's happening with their hormones, whether you're 25 or whether you're 55. So what we want from you is your questions. And what we'll do is we'll pick five of the, I don't want to say best questions, but we'll, we'll pick five questions that sort of, you know, encompass what uh, multiple people have been asking. So if you want to submit your question and it can be anonymous, you can actually go to the show notes and I'll put a link to uh, our Google uh, form where you can submit your question and um, yeah, hopefully it will make it onto the show. And it's going to be a really, really amazing episode. I'm super excited and uh, I hope that you have a chance to listen to it. It will actually uh, be a part, you know, in March and that's national or excuse me, international endometriosis awareness month. So pretty, pretty big deal going on with, you know, a, a, an issue that more increasing amounts of women are facing and there's not a lot of, um, concrete, sort of ways to rectify endometriosis. So we'll definitely, we have a couple of endometriosis experts on the team, on the hormone court, hormone coaches team. So, um, you know, feel free to ask about that, but also other hormonal issues. And then I wanted to get your feedback. I've had a few people ask me about doing a monthly hormone coaching program. So not just the 12 week program that get your hormones right is set up to do, but people really want that support continuously. And, you know, I've been thinking about this and thinking about how I know how helpful it is for me to have support just in my work and to have community to keep me, 
um, engaged and involved and keeping up with my own stuff around my health and my hormones um, and really diving deep into different areas of your hormone health. And so I envision, you know, I've thought a little bit about it since people have been asking and I envision, you know, a theme each month um, to really dive into these different aspects of your hormones from a mind, body, spirit perspective. And, you know, it would be similar to the Get Your Hormones Right program where we would have expert, uh, hormone experts as on special calls that we can ask questions. We'll have small groups, um, and then we'll have all kinds of, you know, exercises and, um, rituals to keep us motivated and connected and centered as we go through our own healing process. So if this is something you might be interested in, let me know. Um, or if you prefer, you know, kind of set 12 weeks. That's also really important for me to, to know and understand. So, um, if you want to shoot me an email and I'll put a link to my, um, email address in the show notes, um, please shoot me an email and, and let me know because, you know, this is, I'm doing this for you guys. So, um, you ladies out there. Um, and so I really want to know what's going to be, you know, most supportive for you. And then lastly, you know, the show is growing and I'm so grateful for that. It's pretty amazing. It's not something that I had planned on doing, you know, this, this whole podcast and, and really, you know, my joy of doing these interviews and, and, uh, connecting with these different incredible women doing such incredible work out there. And also, um, what I get to learn too. And then the fact that I get to pass that information on to others has been just really, um, life-changing in some ways. And so I really want more and more people to be able to hear the show and hear all this incredible information that we are, you know, learning from these different experts. So the best way and the easiest way and the freest way for you to help me help the show grow is to leave us a review to rate us and review us on iTunes. I don't know if there's reviews on other systems, to be honest with you. I don't think there is on Spotify. Um, but if there is, that would be also great there. But, you know, iTunes is, is the big one that um, it's pretty obvious and pretty easy to add a review there. So if you are able to do that, I would be so eternally grateful. It really does make such a huge difference. I know it can take a minute sometimes, but um, it really is such a great way to support, you know, any kind of, really any kind of small business. Um, but in terms of this, to get that free information that is so empowering out there to women. So I, I really appreciate you taking the time to do that. All right, now that we've covered those basics, let's jump into today's episode, which is definitely, you know, um, close to my heart, um, considering it's about fibroids. So we're going to jump in here with Phyllis, and I will see you guys soon. Hey there, and welcome to Hormonally Speaking. I'm your host, Christine Garvin, a functional health coach, and each week I talk with an incredible guest expert on all things women's hormones. We're here to empower you to take back control of your body, your health, and your well-being, and to learn about the latest in research and solutions when it comes to getting your hormones happy. No part of this podcast should be construed as medical advice, and we always recommend working with a professional practitioner to figure out what's best for your body. Now let's dive in with today's guest. 
Hey, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Hormonally Speaking. I'm super excited and happy today to have my guest. Her name is Phyllis Frempong, and I actually reached out to her to be on this show because she is known as the fibroid queen. So, of course, I follow her on Instagram because, you know, I'm about all things fibroids since having dealt with my own fibroid fiasco. So I really wanted to talk to Phyllis about... Um, what we do when, you know, 80 to 90% of women end up having a fibroid. And so many of us don't even realize or know that that's going to happen <laughs> until it does. So before we jump in with her, I just want to tell you a little bit about her. So she's a speaker, registered nurse, fibroids advocate, certified fitness and yoga coach. She develops programs that focus on hormonal issues and concerns women face every day using a holistic approach to wellness and personal growth using a proven system that combines yoga, fitness, and nutrition. Phyllis is one of the 90% of women affected by fibroids by the age of 50. She knew her calling was to empower and educate women suffering fibroids holistically as a fibroid queen. She reserves her quarterly womb wellness events in efforts to spread awareness, fibroid awareness. Phyllis has gained attention in Voyage Houston Mag, inspiring stories as a hidden gem and a few local radio show appearances. Phyllis was raised in Bolingbrook, Illinois, and currently lives in Houston, Texas. She graduated from Governor's State University with a bachelor in nursing. She has a passion for serving as a mentor and coaching others to live the life that they are destined for. So welcome, Phyllis. Oh my God. Thank you so, so much. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited that you're here. So um, to me, you know, as I mentioned to you before we jumped into this call, you know, I think um, when we end up doing this kind of work that is so close to our heart, it's because we have a story behind that, a personal story. And, you know, you, of course you mentioned in your bio that you are one of the women that has um, faced fibroids. So can you tell us a little bit about your story and, you know, what you went through when you first found out about having a fibroid? Yeah, so my story starts about 11 years ago, and that was um, right before nursing school, or actually right um, at the beginning of nursing school. So I just got in, and um, I went in for just a regular room wellness checkup, and um, going there, this story always stuck with me. And as a child, I remember my mom going through bouts of um pain and suffering and uh, she didn't really talk about it and then one day I see her come in um, you know from being out she said she was at the hospital because um, she got surgery and I was and I remember asking her why she was like I had fibroids I got my half of my uterus removed wow. so she ended up getting a partial hysterectomy um, um, I was at least 10, 11 years old. Mm. So that story and that experience always stuck with me. So whenever I was, you know, when, I, when it came to mind at that time, you know, going into nursing school, I was like, let me just see, make sure I don't have it. Mm. So I told the doctor, you know what, can I request for an ultrasound? The doctor questioned me, like, why do you want an ultrasound? You're just getting a pap smear. And I'm like, well, my mom had fibroids. I just want to make sure I don't have it. And Lord and behold, the results came back and I had a quarter size fibroid okay. on my uterus. So How old were you at the time? I was um, 23, 24. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. you're young. Yeah. 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 And they never would have che checked you otherwise because of your age. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. And, um, you know, and 
the classic symptoms, is, you know, at that age, is, you know, with your periods, is pain and um, heavy bleeding, and it was just the norm. Yeah. So um, for me to ask that something was in me, like to to do that, and I'm mm. just so glad I did because it it takes me here from now from that time. So. Yeah. So what, what did you do when you found out that you had one considering you knew what you, your mom had gone through with them? So honestly, I was in denial. I didn't believe it. I was just like, Oh, okay. You know, and that, you know, at that, my mindset then wasn't really focused on that. I was in nursing school. I was focused on finishing and, you know, not, you know, failing, Mm -hmm, (laughs) knowing the intensity of the program. So I, took the doctor's advice and she was like, Oh, just monitor it. Don't worry about it. So that exactly did. So I went through nursing school stressed. Um, I actually, um, got stress induced anxiety due to the, just the intensity of the nursing curriculum. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. And, um, I moved out of my parents' house. So that was another huge role for me. So, um, all of that caused a lot of, um, just a lot of build up emotion and stress that I've never been experienced, that I never experienced, mm-hmm. where I literally would try to just stay up for 24 hours so I can mm. study and not sleep. So I was high off a monster Red Bull. Right. Um, I landed in the hospital twice due to panic attacks. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy, right? It's like you're going to school to help people. And then you're like, but I have to put myself through this whatever pain and anguish to get there. Yeah. Well, my health. <laughs> it's crazy. So, um, and then I ended up graduating with flying colors. Um, but after, you know, graduating, I was 30 pounds heavier and just, um, emotionally, um, not myself. I just knew there was something wrong. I didn't know exactly what it was. So, um, I went back to just, to the doctor just to get a checkup. Um, and then I was working two jobs as a, as a nurse, stressed overnight shift and just going job to job. That was just my life. Mm-hmm. So um, I had a checkup and the doctor said, you know what, Phyllis, you're in your 20s, you're high cholesterol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, now that, Christine, was a, was it, was a awakening for me. It wasn't mm-hmm. the fibroids, it was mm-hmm. the high cholesterol. Mm-hmm. So my mindset changed a little bit after nursing school. So I decided to join a gym. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, start taking some action and, you know, like I'm looking to help people, as you just said, and not be the one that's needing the help in the Mm -hmm. hospital. So, Mm -hmm. um, I joined the gym and then I met a friend and long story short, she introduced me to her friend who was a bodybuilding coach. Mm. So long story, and and again, you know, there's a lot to that, but it was so dynamic because how we connected because she told me, you know, Phyllis, why don't you compete? I'm like, mm. I'm like no <laughs> look at me. Right. Do I look like I can compete half naked on stage as a bikini model, right? Mm-hmm. Like, are you serious? So um, she was like, yeah, just think about it. So I um, thought about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I asked myself, like, what if, uh, one thing about me is that I'm very driven. I knew that about myself. And I'm like, you know what, what if I just called this lady, this coach, mm-hmm. bodybuilding coach, and join her program, what would happen? Mm-hmm. So I did. Mm-hmm. So a week later, I ended up contacting her. I joined the program. And I tell you what, I dropped 35 pounds, leaned tone, and I was competing on stage. Nice. nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So I tell you, that 
energy that I felt on that mm. stage. I was like, I want to do this again. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. again. So after four years, I was like, just imagine if I can help someone else feel this mm. way. So mm-hmm. I decided to become a personal trainer. Mm. Okay. I became a personal trainer, started coaching other women and men uh, on how to get fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, did that for a while. Uh, I, I realized coaching was my passion. And I realized about myself that I was very easily fed with the energy around, mm-hmm. whether it be people or uh, my environment. I easily was sensitive to that. And I didn't realize how sensitive I was. Mm-hmm. So I was coaching, I was working as a nurse. Mm-hmm. And um, I was and I was working out to um, continue to compete. Mm-hmm. And after a while, that wasn't fun anymore. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, 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 that wasn't fun. So I um, decided that I did not want to compete anymore mm-hmm. um, because it was just a job. And mm-hmm. uh, I also um, started to become very unhappy. I just didn't know what it was. Um, just a lot of emotional disease, um, mm-hmm. you know, it was a residual of anxiety and just other things. So I kept going and just kept doing that schedule. And, you know, after a while, um, I um, started to not like going into my nursing job. I, I was just not happy there. Mm-hmm. And um, 2017, I was in a relationship with a guy who lived in Hawaii. And that was already a struggle with me mm-hmm. living in Houston, mm-hmm. and I felt like I was just needing more of that man to, you know, cultivate my feelings because of the way I felt about myself at the time, mm-hmm. and I wasn't getting that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it made me even more um, emotional, emotionally drained. Um, where I took a trip um, January of 2017 to go visit him, mm-hmm. and. That was my revelation. Um, we were walking on the beach and holding hands. It was a nice, beautiful day, the breeze and everything. And suddenly I went out and blacked out. Oh, whoa. And yeah, I, uh, I came back to awareness and I was about 20 feet in front of him. And he goes, he looks at me and starts laughing. He's like, where are you going? We're on the beach. You were walking like you had to be somewhere. Mm. And that was my moment of, you know what? I'm headed down a dark path. Mm. Mm-hmm. So um, he said to me, you know what? You should, you need to relax. When we get back to Houston, you should join a yoga class or something mm. because you just lost it. And that's what I did. Mm. So I got back started going to yoga. I didn't really like it. I couldn't get into it. Yeah. Then, <laughs> Not a lot of people are in the beginning, right? Especially if you, you're used to working out pretty hardcore. People are like, oh God, yoga is so boring. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it was like, I, after a couple of weeks, I started to be able to relax and get into it. Mm-hmm. And then after a month of going consistently, I actually started to enjoy it. I noticed subtle effects um, with my reaction to things mm-hmm. and I noticed that I was a little bit more happier it was just mm-hmm. very little um, nuances and um, I started journaling and then um, 
so when I journal, every so often I'll go back and look. And I noticed that I was actually reacting differently to things. I was like getting better. Mm-hmm. So yoga became my new thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm actually liking this yoga journey. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what if I can help others feel this way? Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to become a yoga teacher. So I went to go get certified and I became a yoga instructor. And um, I tell you, I am living my best life. Um, I feel that 2017 was not only a year of my awareness, it was a year where my fibroid condition got worse. Mm. Um, It actually relapsed. So I went from a quarter-sized fibroid to having four fibroids. Mm -hmm. Um, I noticed that my urinary frequency increased Mm -hmm. and um, just a lot of other things. So I look back on my life and I say, you know what? While I was competing, there was no sign of fibroids. I was on my birthday, I was feeling good. All of a sudden, when I went through that emotional drain, Mm -hmm. my fibroid condition relapsed where they grew even more. Mm -hmm. So now I'm looking that my fibroid condition is getting better. I went from four fibroids to now three. Nice. Yes. (laughs) One, um, calcified and what that means is like um it just it lost blood supply so the fibroid kind of just i um had a period with it mm. and um, on the ultrasound ultrasound it shows as if it um there's a scar mm. and um, i was told there was calcification that happened interesting so okay i feel all of this happened in the mirror of how i was living my life mm-hmm. and um when I look back and I, where I am now, I want to really take my whole life journey, my experience, my um, background as a nurse, fitness and yoga coach, and really pour it into women mm-hmm. that are dealing with this condition. Mm-hmm. Because if I was able to make those changes with fitness and then doing some mindset coaching for myself with mm-hmm. self-development, Mm-hmm. And then going on my yoga journey, and then my background, my medical background as a nurse, put that in a little, you know, blender, mm-hmm. and mix it up, and um, really feel purposeful um, from my life and help others mm-hmm. conquer not only fibroids, but get themselves back and live the life that they want to live. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much from that point um, being diagnosed to kind of where I am now. Where you are now. So let's jump into some of the things that um, you feel like, you know, helped with um, diminishing your fibroids and calcifying, like in terms of like when you work with women, what kinds of foods, you know, what kind of maybe fitness uh, regimens or goals do you set with them, lifestyle stuff. So let's talk about each of those. Yeah, good question. So my program combines fitness, yoga, and nutrition, but to break it down, fitness is a way for um, uh, to lower your body fat mm-hmm. because estrogen is a female hormone that we all have, but when you have fibroids, you have an excessive amount of estrogen. Either you're not eliminating it like you should or with your liver, something you know going off with that, mm-hmm. or you're producing too much. Mm-hmm. So um, body fat um, to a degree, plays a huge role in feeding the fibroids mm-hmm. with 
estrogen, which is like food for it. Mm -hmm. So lowering your body fat is the goal that I do with women. Um, that way um, they have less symptoms. They're feeling more confident about themselves. Mm -hmm. um, when, you're, when you have fibroids, you have a hormonal imbalance. Mm -hmm. So you're up and down sometimes with your emotions. And exercising can help stabilize that and lower your body fat so that it can decrease the symptoms and help your, your fibroids heal. Mm -hmm. So that's the fitness portion of it. And the fitness portion also includes fibroid-friendly workouts. And I say this because, um, you know, with having fibroids, your, your belly is very sensitive, mm -hmm. um, especially, you know, depending on how big they are. So my fibroid-friendly workouts are really um, catered to women who have fibroids where the focus is on breathing, visualization, Mm. and um, awareness. Mm -hmm. That way you can only, like, you can connect with what you're doing and take your stress off having fibroids, but being able to mentally focus on if you were not have, if you did not have them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that mind and body connection can push you a little bit further to do more. Mm -hmm. So um, that's the fitness part. Yeah, thank you. Um, and then the nutrition part is more of eating with a purpose. Mm. So um, I remember just drinking Red Bull, um, grabbing whatever I can get, and that contributing to my 30-pound weight gain of unhealthy eating. Um, I look back on that, and now I, you know, really eat with intention. You know, mm. eating this, um, this sandwich, how is it going to fuel my body? How is it going to help me heal? So bring it, being intentional with your eating, and I help coach women to be more intentional, especially with our emotions. We want to eat whatever's in sight mm -hmm. and find comfort in that. But mm -hmm. if you shift your mindset on healing your body um, and eating things that are going to fuel you and make you feel good, mm -hmm. um, it allows you to make conscious decisions. Mm -hmm. And um, the fibroid diet consists of plant-based, mm -hmm. So um, I encourage my women to do cleanse where they do, pick, you know, a week out in the month, they'll do a cleanse. So it's just mainly smoothies mm -hmm. they would have. And a lot of the smoothies do have beets in it. And beets is a vegetable that really helps with so many things like your iron levels, your energy levels. Mm -hmm. And then um, your liver, such liver. a good liver. Yeah. Support. Yes, mm -hmm. Absolutely. And um we tend to stay away from soy, dairy, processed foods, mm -hmm. um, meat, um, and um, wheat and gluten. So um, the fibroid diet does consist of that. At the same time, for me, I like to have fun. I cannot eat a fibroid diet for the rest of my life. Right. But I am living a intentional life of doing things that help me. Mm -hmm. So I follow the 80-20 rule. So, and that's what I tell the women um, as well is, you know what, if you want to have, you know, fries and um, a margarita, do it, mm -hmm. you know, do mm -hmm. it. But do it, you know, at a moderation, mm -hmm. you know, 80-20 rule. Right. 80% um, is fibroid diet, 20% live life. Right. right. And and I always have to remind people, I'm like, moderation doesn't mean like 
one alcoholic drink a day, <laughs> you know, like moderation is, it could, you kind of have to, you know, let people know a little bit sometimes what moderation looks like. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. we're looking over, you know, this span of time, not just trying to, um, you know, being like balance. I had kale smoothie in the morning and I had a margarita mm-hmm. at night. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. You're definitely right. You know, being like, specific of, uh, you know what, during a week, 80% of the time, you're going to be good, you know, mm-hmm. so, um, and so that's what consists of the fibroid diet, and then the yoga portion is really all about self-love mm-hmm. and self-care, so via yoga, um, finding a way to connect with yourself internally, mm-hmm. um, or you're able to recognize um, your self-worth, mm-hmm. and that, I feel like, um, played a huge role in my uh, progression of my fibroids at one point. Mm-hmm. So not really caring for yourself mm-hmm. uh, from the inside out. Yeah. And um, hence the word, you know, queen, fibroid queen mm-hmm. is uh, literally treating yourself like a queen. Mm-hmm. And once you do that, everyone else is going to follow. And that respect goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Fitness, yoga, nutrition, um, they all, um, you know, are like a um, dual effect, mm-hmm. but significance where in the program, they develop a little bit at a time to become their best self by the yeah. end of the program. Nice. Yeah. And I'm so glad I love that about the queen portion, because I think we constantly, you know, kind of overlooked that aspect um, and the importance of really seeing our self-worth, you know, it's like, cause it's kind of easier to look at, okay, here's the physical things I can do. Here's the dietary things I can do, but really it's that, um, you know, what are the emotional, mental self-worth aspect that is key to underlying, I'd say like the energetics of fibroids a lot of times. Right. And so it's, that's as, as important, if not more important than all the other things too. Um, and I think it can be hard for people to wrap that, you know, wrap their brains around that sometimes. So I I love that you do that focus. Um, so, you know, I know that black women and women of color tend to, um, have fibroids even more often. I know that, you know, some of the statistics say 90% of black women, while it's 80% of white women will end up having a fibroid by the time they're 50. So what are your thoughts about that? Good question, Christine. And I'm so glad that you are, you know, you're touching on this because it's, it's, it's really growing at an alarming rate. And I feel like it had, you know, years, years ago, I mean, it, it may have, the food um, have played may have played a, a huge role in the mm. stress and the in mm-hmm. the lifestyle back hundreds yeah. of years ago. Yeah, they have just been repeated, and I feel like genetically and um, lifestyle um, in regards to more in- environment mm. plays a huge role mm. um, in why I feel that um, black women are more susceptible. Mm-hmm. I feel that. Um, we are not, um, well, let me, I feel that we're repeating the same behaviors, the same type of lifestyle that our, you know, grandparents or ancestors mm-hmm. have done. Mm-hmm. And there hasn't been a, um, a stop. It ha- there hasn't been awareness on that part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I also feel that um, women of color 
when it comes to heavy periods and pain, like it's the norm. Mm -hmm. I feel that we are um, already um, women of color and we have different positions, Mm -hmm. different expectations. And some may feel like, you know what, I'm supposed to be um, taking all this pain. Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be fighting for my uh, position. I'm supposed to be, you know, uh, suffering with periods. This, mm. this is life. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel that ha- that has a lot to do with it. And then I was reading um, some statistics showing that, you know, women that have been um, emotionally um, suffering with whether it be anxiety, depression, um, something traumatic happening to them early on, mm-hmm. um, are more at risk and you know sometimes that isn't a certain demographic yeah yeah and um also i feel that um when it comes to awareness um people of color as a whole are i feel are at a vulnerable position so mm-hmm. you know acting on different things we're just not there yet so a combination right. of all that right yeah. i mean that makes sense and i know you know a study came out um just within the past couple of years of our medical system in general not uh, believing black people's pain and i think it was maybe yeah. black women specifically as much as white women you know and so it's like you have that to run up against too, even if, you know, if you do know that this may be a thing happening and it's like getting believed, getting the ultrasounds, getting all that, that done in our medical system, you know, so it's, yeah, multi-layered for sure. So thank you for speaking to that. Um, I think it's really important that people, you know, get that and get all those layers. So, so since we are, you know, kind of talking about our medical system, I kind of jumped into that, you, you know, as, as people know by now, you're a registered nurse. And so, you know, I'm just curious how you kind of combine these two worlds, which I think is great, by the way, I think we need to do that, but I know it's not always easy to integrate sort of the allopathic path and the holistic path. So how does that kind of work out for you? I think what bridges it, um, Christine, is that I have, I'm living the journey with the queens, mm. with the ladies. I'm, I'm on the journey with them, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I regard myself as, um, you know, that coach, that, um, that sis, mm-hmm. that advocate. Um, but at the same time, I'm with you. I'm mm-hmm. totally with you. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel that as a nurse, that nurturing part of me and um, that um, as a coach, that let's do it. Mm-hmm. That's your part of me. Um, but I am a person. Mm-hmm. You know, I do have emotions too. And learning to be um, open and transparent um, is a, was a hard thing for me. Um, you know, growing up, I wasn't very expressive. I kept mm. everything in. Mm. Um, hence the anxiety but now that I've been open with it and I see more and more women that have this Mm -hmm. I'm starting to just embrace this and feel so much more better Mm -hmm. I'm getting so much more positive vibes and um, so being able to remind myself of you know what just as if you were in another woman's shoes that's suffering Mm -hmm. how would you be Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's how I proceed every consultation that I have with them every mm-hmm. opportunity that I have that I am a person too and I have emotions so mm-hmm. you know regard them as that mm-hmm. and um, it's it's been working 
Do you find that a lot of um, your clients will, you know, maybe talk to you about the surgical, uh, you know, options around fibroids along with, you know, being open to trying to, you know, shrink them or, or diminish them holistically? Good question. Well, you know, I do um, approach it where I'm open to hearing both point of views. Mm-hmm. I am on, you know, the more of the natural route, but I am also an advocate for women as a whole. Mm-hmm. So I am open to leading them and guiding them to make an informed decision. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. feel like there's a lack of communication between the doctors and, um, you know, the women about their options and yeah. what they can do. And, and, and the possible just, complications. <laughs> I'll tell you that from my perspective. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And knowing that there's no cure for it. Right. And, you know, it's like, you know, knowing that, you know, what, what if I want to do this or if I want to do that? Mm-hmm. And um, them being well aware of that. I just feel mm-hmm. like there's just a lack of um, awareness uh, from the doctors um, passing the information or from even the, the woman even knowing what to ask. Mm-hmm. So um, I do feel that um, me being a nurse, I'm able to go through their labs with them um, and answer questions that they may have. Mm-hmm. And if it's beyond my scope, I do partner with a holistic doctor, or oh, cool. Dr. Fisher, and um, she does um, consult with me on this program. So that way, um, if they're not comfortable asking their doctor about questions about this, they have this, you know, um, a holistic alternative to ask. That's well. awesome. That's really cool. So I, I'm going to ask one more question um, because I get asked this a lot. So I have to ask you um, when a fibroid is, say, like 10 centimeters or or bigger, do you think at that point that it can be shrunk? Do you? Like, I know that's a big one to ask, but I was like, I'm going to go for yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Um, and I do say, if you give the body what it needs, mm-hmm. it will it will heal itself. I do believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also believe you have to do what works for you. So mm-hmm. for me, my largest fibroid was at almost ten centimeters at okay. one point, okay. but wow. it's at seven now. Nice. So um, I do feel that it can. Um, shrink i feel that your symptoms can dramatically improve yeah dramatically improve i am a living testimony of that yeah and yeah. i also feel that if your fibroid is you know nine ten centimeters how much pain are you having mm-hmm. how is it affecting your life do you feel that you need to get them out asap mm-hmm. do you feel that you know all the risks do you feel that you want children you're aware of scar tissue or do you feel that you can patiently change your lifestyle mm-hmm. and kind of see and give your body an opportunity to heal itself and see what happens? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are the questions I usually ask, like, what end are, there at, are they at? Mm-hmm. And then I guide them from that. I, I try not to sway them either direction. I mm-hmm. just want to be there for them and make sure they are making a decision that they are well aware of. Yeah, that's great. And, and I appreciate you saying, you know, specifically that you had a 10 centimeter one that went down to seven centimeters. Cause I've definitely found with my clients, you know, that um, making a lot of the changes that you kind of talked about that the symptoms of fibroids can diminish pretty quickly, you know, the actual symptoms, but 
the size may take some time, you know, and so, especially when they are larger. And so I, you know, it's not always easy to find women that are like, yeah, actually it did shrink. And I know that, you know, and so thank you for getting specific about that. Cause I think that's really important for people to hear too, that it truly is possible. So, well, tell us about, I know you have a program going on right now and some other cool things happening. So tell us about what's going on. Yeah, so um, I have a program. It's a Conquer Pride Boys online coaching program. So what I do, it's a three-month program, and I literally um, coach you on how to live beyond fibroids, you know, like no longer letting fibroids control your life. So coming out of that program, you may heal from fibroids, you may get symptom relief, but you guaranteed will be educated and you know how to manage your care. So I give no promises. I yeah. feel that um, coming into this program, you're going to be able to know how to get out of feeling um, on that emotional roller coaster. You're going to learn how to eat. You're going to learn how to really take control of your life and live the, the life that you want. Mm. So um, you um, throughout the program, they do get the opportunity to have a good consultation with the doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I usually have calls with them every week. And um, they're part of a Facebook group, a community of other women like them. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just amazing. So I have a waiting list going on right now. And uh, that way, um, women who are looking to really heal naturally and get that advocacy, they can come on board and be on that waiting list and, and get the, the help that they need. So should they just go to your website to get on the waiting yeah. list? And what is your website? So my website is uh, fibroidqueen.com. Perfect. Easy. Yeah. And I'll, I'll put that in the show notes so people can just click on it too. Um, that's awesome. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing. I think that it's really important. Um, and, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I feel like a lot of women don't know about fibroids until they actually have them. And yet they're so pervasive as we know. And so I think, you know, the work that you're doing in the world is just super important, especially, you know, if, if women do start, sort of getting it a little earlier, like in their yeah. 20s, 30s and that kind of thing, and then can really, you know, keep from growing these massive fibroids by making some of these changes in their lives too. I wish I had known, you know, yeah. and understood when I was younger. So, yeah, exactly. So, but, but here we are, right? So, well, thank you so much for being here with me today. Yes, I, I appreciate you so much. You know, one thing I love about you is that you know, it's totally with women helping women. And yeah. that is so amazing um, because um, one of the other things is that, you know, my mission is to impact millions or as many women as possible mm-hmm. to um, be aware of this condition and help the next woman. Because, mm-hmm. you know, what research, what um, um, studies are being done about currently what's going on with this epidemic? You know, what, you know, the environment, um, mm-hmm. It's being as friendly. Like, what is going on? Yeah. Um, so, getting out there, reaching out to women like you reached out to me, and um, hoping that more awareness, more research is done um, to really um, bring this into um, people's focus. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. All right, you guys, thanks so much for being here for another episode of Hormonally Speaking, and I will see you next time. Bye. Bye.